courtesy of Jay Swavey. From fans for the fans. The best place for league updates. The hottest takes on the internet. Welcome to Cal's Call. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Cal's Call. Um, I'm Joseph Callamore. And I'm Mickey Flint. And this is Cal's Call. So, um, episode 13, what are we going to start off with today, Mickey? Let's talk about week three. Yeah, okay, for sure. What were some surprises from week three that you weren't expecting? Well, I wasn't expecting, um, what's it called, who won? What's that team? Well, I wasn't expecting Fitzmagic to do that bad, to be honest with you. I didn't think he did that bad. He, he, did, he did mediocre. He didn't do great, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I felt like I said that they were going to lose, but mm. he threw three interceptions in the first half, and they were really bad interceptions. One of them wasn't his fault, but mm. still. Yeah. I think I think two other things. Um, one other thing that else also really surprised me is the two worst teams in the NFL, the Bills and the Cardinals, were both very competitive. Enough so to where the Bills actually won. They beat the Vikings twenty-seven to six, which is a pretty surprising score considering the Vikings were a um, favorite to be contender this year. And it's somewhat disappointing because a lot of people thought the Vikings were going to fall through if Kirk because Kirk Cousins wouldn't show up and that he was going to be a bust. But so far, Kirk Cousins has been a top five quarterback in the NFL. It's the rest of the on of the rest of the roster that still is needs to pick up the slack. Also, we also saw the Arizona Cardinals compete with the Chicago Bears. To me, week three opened my eyes as to which team is actually the worst in the NFL, and that's going to actually be the Arizona Cardinals. They have the least amount of talent outside of David Johnson um, in the NFL. It, week on both sides of the ball. They have young pieces in place, yes, but they don't have enough of them. And really, they're just, they, I don't want to say they're hopeless because, again, they do have a great young quarterback in Josh Rosen. But there is a lot of time that needs to be put into this team and this roster for it to be a contender again. And I think it's going to take another five years for them to really start competing. That's how bad this roster is right now. Um, the Bills have at least shown something. Josh Allen surprised a lot of people as of late. We'll see if he can keep it up this week. Um, I don't know if he can, but if anybody can, it'd be him. Um, Green Bay's defense hasn't been that great, so he could go and tear him up just like he did the Vikings. But those two were some very surprising games for me. I did not expect them to even be in contention to win those games, and yet the Bills won and the Vikings came within two points of winning or three points of winning. So... Yeah, it was pretty surprising to me. Any other uh, shockers or just um, notes that you took from week three? Yeah, the Lions showed up and it seems like they just dominated the Patriots, which was weird. Mm. Tom Brady, you know, I just needed him to score me around 15 fantasy points for me mm. to win that game. Yeah. He got a solid eight. And mm. My opponent had Pittsburgh Steelers defense who ended up scoring 19, mm. which I also didn't expect. But yeah, me either. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, um, I was a little, that, I don't think, um, the Buccaneers are getting enough credit for that game. Honestly, if you look at the score, they did shut the Steelers out in the second half. The only time the Steelers scored was in the first half. They had the chance to win. They just didn't capitalize, but this is still a great young team. I think that this team, the Bucks, I know right now there's a little bit of a quarterback controversy, but this team has enough talent to compete. And possibly make a wild card, create a wild card berth, and do some damage in the playoffs. And again, and a little bit of a surprise, like you just mentioned, was the Lions. Um, a lot of people expected Bill Belichick and company to go in there and totally dismantle Detroit, seeing as Matt Patricia is the former defensive coordinator for him. He already knows how he works, all that good stuff. 
but it was the actual opposite way around. Um, Patricia played the Patriots way and beat them their own, in their own game. Now, granted, they did not have Josh Gordon active. Rob Gronkowski was a little bit limited in practice up until the game. So that was a little bit of, there were, those were contributing factors to the loss, but it wasn't even close. It was 10 to 26, and the Lions really outperformed their expectations, seeing as they were 0 2 before then. Um, another thing that we've seen now throughout week four, because they already played, is the Los Angeles Rams, in my opinion, are the odds on favorites. I think they're already on, they're, they are in Vegas too, but in my eyes, they're the favorites to win the um, Lombardi Trophy this year. There's nobody who can compete with them talent to talent, man to man. Um, on either side of the ball, they have a lot of a ton of weapons on offense, including the best running back in the NFL, in Todd Gurley, and some great and some great wide receivers over there. Collectively, they're a great unit. Individually, they're not elite, but they're great. Um, so yeah, a lot of young talent, a lot of talent over there. I think Jared Goff's going to be one of those quarterbacks that wins a Super Bowl or two, and then is um, he's not that he's not going to be a, one of the greats. But he's going to have a couple Super Bowls under his belt by the time it's all said and done. Because his team's way too talented to not win a couple in the next couple, in the next few years. Um, another team that's... I, some people... It's been surprising. Another, another people, Some people could say they expected it were the Chiefs. Um, their defense should not be as good as it's been. And it really hasn't been not too, that great. It's just the fact that the offense has been carrying it two W's. If they're 3-0. and I don't think anybody expected them to be 3-0 and to this point. But they have some great ones under their back back um, belt. Patrick Mahomes is really carrying that team. Uh, when you're looking at him right now, statistically speaking, has he's off to one of the best starts, actually the best start through three games in NFL history as a as not a rookie, but a first time starter, which is pretty crazy. A um, lot of good stuff to look forward to out of Kansas City if you're a Chiefs fan. The only thing is they need to get a better secondary, um, beef up. The linebacker core because their veterans are aging and they'll be all good to go and a contender for the next decade in my eyes. Um, the Jaguars, another one. I, to me, I see the Rams and the Jaguars as the odds-on favorites for the Super Bowl this year. Those two teams are just way too talented, and I don't think New England. This is might be the year where New England finally loses in the playoffs. They only put up six points. Well, yeah, I get it, but. It was just, it was an off game. It's one of those trap games to where you didn't think you had to really compete and put all out, put it all out there. They didn't have Leonard Fournette. TJ Yeldon was very limited. Without that backfield, it's hard for them to be at their best. So I understand the loss. Blake Bortles, um, I don't, I, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, the weather wasn't that great. So I understand if he had an off game, we shouldn't be expecting a game against the Patriots like he had in week two every single week. It's Blake Bortles. He's not that consistent, but he can be great at times. So I understand the loss. I'm going to write this down as a trap game for the Jaguars. And they only held they held the Titans to nine points too. So it's not like their defense was suffering. Um, but yeah, so in my eyes, Jaguars and Rams are the two favorites to meet in the, uh, to play in the Super Bowl this year. Um, those teams are just way too stacked. But yeah, any other team that you think can really contend this year that people maybe are sleeping on or um, didn't have that high of expectations going into the year? Still high on the Chargers. I know they are one and two. Yeah. The team they lost are Chiefs and Rams, who you think are pretty much big favorites to win the Super Bowl. Mm. So, and then not to mention they were actually very competitive in both games. Yeah. If if the Chargers didn't drop four touchdown passes, they would have beat the 
Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they, they played the Rams pretty tough. I think they only lost by 12. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they're still a very good team, and now they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way, so I think they can get it done. That's true. Um, the Chargers just need momentum, really. They've lost a few pieces on defense. They lost Hunter Henry um, to injure, all to injuries. So they're just a little bit unlucky when it comes to that regard. But if they get, you know, five, six wins under their belts in a row, that momentum could really carry them deep into the playoffs. This is one of the most talented teams in football. It's just a question of, is momentum going to be on their side or not? And as of lately, the past couple years, momentum hasn't been. But if they can get it, trap it, they could, you know, make a really deep run. Um, You could say the same thing for the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton. Cam Newton's having a great year this year. Um... I'm not the biggest believer in the Eagles this year, but if anybody could surprise everybody just like they did last year and win it, it would be Philadelphia. Um, a pretender already that I see happening is the Dolphins. They're 3-0, but they have a couple tough matchups coming up, and I don't see them consistently winning those games, but it's going to be enough to at least keep Adam Gase in his head coaching position, which is a win for him because going into this season, it looked as though he was going to be on the chopping block. Um, yeah, so... Uh, the Falcons last week disappointed me. Uh, they lost a shootout to New Orleans, which is expected. It's New Orleans, but still, they dominated the game from the get-go. It seemed like they had momentum on their side, but Drew Brees took it to overtime and won them the game. It's Drew Brees. What do you expect? He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, probably one of the top five to ever do it. So, um, but the Falcons have the talent, just like you said. It's the same situation with the Chargers. If they can get some momentum, they could definitely make a deep playoff run. And the Saints, honestly, I'm seeing as a pretender this year because their defense has just fallen apart. And if their defense performs the same way it's doing now in the playoffs, there's no way they're going to win. So um, I'm right. I'm kind of writing them off as well as the Vikings. I don't see it. Those two teams did great last year, but I just see them both taking a considerable step back on defense this year, which will limit them in the playoffs. Um uh, going into week four, though, what do you expect? I know you've already put out your article for your predictions, but who are a couple players, teams that you expect to do some uh, pull some upsets this week? This week. Well, I had the Vikings winning, but that obviously didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have the Raiders beating the Browns at home. Ah. Uh, I know you're a Browns fan. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know why. I don't think I know the Raiders are bad, but. Again, Baker's starting. It's a hit or miss with him, and it's his first time really starting. So we'll see how it goes there. And plus, they're home. I also have the Broncos beating the Chiefs because I don't think I think the Chiefs are going to cool down a little bit like they did last year. And uh, I think the Broncos still have very good defense, and I think they're going to going to maybe not slow down Mahomes, but I think they're going to beat him. Okay, okay, I could see where you feel that. I don't. I actually, I I think they're going to slow them down, like you said, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose. Um, you just mentioned how the Chiefs always start off hot and then cool down. I think that was under Alex Smith. I really do think Patrick Mahomes is going to bring a new way to Kansas City. There's already a lot more excitement around him than there was Alex Smith. I get it. This time last year, we were thinking of Alex Smith as the, as the MVP candidate. And people are now saying the same about Mahomes. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of similarities there. But I don't think Mahomes is going to slow down and lose games like Alex Smith did. Um, with that in mind, I do think it's going to be a close game, but I do think the Chiefs are still going to win it. Um, another couple teams where I think they could surprise is um, I was oh, I just had it in my head. I think the Cardinals could actually beat the Seahawks, um, which says a lot because they are the worst team in the NFL. But that Seahawks defense is not the same as it was in years past, and David Johnson could have a, could have a monster game. He didn't have one last week, but at least they're trying to target him more. 
which does not bode well for the Seattle defense because they don't have many players on that side that can stop him. Um, let's see here. Teams, I like you. You mentioned the Browns and Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are going to win. I honestly think the Browns are going to go in there and beat them. Uh, the offensive line for the Raiders is not in flux, but they do have that rookie Colton Miller starting at left tackle, and then they moved on on Penn to right tackle. I think that Miles Garrett is going to have a field day with Miller, um, and that we could see upwards of three sacks for him against um, Derek Carr. So I don't know if that uh, the Raiders team can actually win. But the only bad thing about that is if the Raiders don't win, they will be 0-4 and people will be looking to replace John Gruden, which is not, it's just kind of a, it'd be a knee-jerk reaction because that this team isn't that great and he, sh- there were high expectations because of how much he got paid and getting a 10-year, 10 100 million contract will do that um, with expectations, but this roster still needs to be worked on. The defense needs to be fixed. The only fault to him is that he traded away an all-pro talent in Khalil Mack when he should not have done that um, because his defense needs as many cornerstones as it can possibly get its hand on, hands on. But I don't think the Raiders win that game. I think they go to 0-4. I think the Cardinals are going to go and win a game against Seattle and be 1-3. and The Raiders are going to have the worst record in football, and it'll be very, very, very surprising. And the Vegas trip, um, Vegas move won't have that much hype behind it because they're going to have a horrible record going into it. Um, not a good way to say, to say goodbye to Oakland by any means. The Dolphins, they're 3-0, and but they're going against the Patriots. I don't see them winning that game. I think the Patriots are going to utilize Josh Gordon. We can see Josh Gordon either have a breakout monster game, flashbacks of 2013, or we could see a total bust of a game, or he might not even play. So that's an interesting line uh, storyline to look at. You mentioned how the Jaguars lost, lost last week to the Titans. I think the Eagles could do the same exact thing. They're playing the Titans at, ten, at Tennessee. Um... Carson Wentz, it's his second week back. He looked good last week. I think he's going to struggle this week. Um, I think the Titans, that could be another trap game for them. This is a trap team in general. You don't think they're that great. Mariota's hurt. He hasn't been playing that great when he does play. They have uh, Blaine Gabbert as the starter when he's out. Um, So they're both sharing snaps. This is a team where you're not expecting much. So you go in thinking, you know, it's an easy win for us. And then you lose out of nowhere. I think it's the same way with the Eagles this week. I think they could lose a low-scoring game to Tennessee. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Texans go 0-4. If Andrew Luck can somehow rally that team to beat the Texans, the Texans and Raiders being 0-4 would be a ginormous surprise for a lot of people. The Texans have a lot of talent, but it's just maybe it's the quarterback. I don't think Deshaun Watson's that great. He's obviously not winning them any games like he did last year because defenses are actually game planning for him. Like I predicted, he's not having the greatest of years, and that defense is really disappointing as of late. Um, they picked up Tyran Matthew. It looked like they were actually going to be a contending defense, but it's kind of fallen apart in terms of leadership, and we could see a lot of big names being moved for the Texans because they're on either one-year contracts or expiring contracts. What about Bears-Bucks? Bears-Bucks? Um, I think, like you said, I don't think Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick had the worst game last week. Although he did struggle, it was not the greatest conditions for him. Um, the, not the day of, but a couple days prior, there was a lot of bad weather in Tampa. So I could understand where they didn't have the greatest game. Um, but this might be the week where he actually just gets completely and utterly stopped. Plus, I believe Jameis Winston's back this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this the fact that they have they have they have have Winston be the end of Fitz Magic. Not because he doesn't play that great, but because they have Winston and Winston's a young quarterback and they just want to prove that he can play. 
if not to keep him, to trade him off and boost his trade value. So this might be the week where uh, as soon as he throws his first interception, they put in Winston to carry out the rest of the game. But I do see the Bears winning. Um, the Bears are a great young team. And Trubisky might, and they have home field advantage too, I think is going to be big for the Bears this season. So I think the Bears are going to end up winning the game. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else for week four? I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like a really fun game, fun day of football tomorrow. Yeah, I don't have anything. Okay. No, not really. But uh, we are in staying on the topic of football. We're going to move on to fantasy football. So I don't know if anybody read my article a couple weeks ago. I talked about how to rebuild your team if you did not get off to a hard, hot start. Now, if you listened, you may have won your week three game. I know I did. And it's just a matter of playing the game because fantasy football is just that. It's a game. It's playing the waiver wire correctly. It's making smart trades. It's all that stuff combined. So, um, a couple hints and a couple names to look at for this week. Um, I was just helping a coworker out with this yesterday. If he's not picked up, um, who was his, who was it? We picked up um, Javorius Allen of Baltimore. Uh, he's not owned in a lot of leagues right now. Um, there's still, a, I think it's like 60-something, so there's still about 30 to 40% that don't own him. If, you, if he's available in your league, pick him up. He's a goal line threat. Um, and he's playing Pittsburgh, which doesn't have the greatest interior line. So go ahead and pick that guy up if you can. John Brown is not picked up in a, in a ton of leagues. He's a great target for Joe Flacco. Um, again, he's playing that waiver wire smartly and correctly um, because you can come back. I'm looking to win my second game of the season and go 2-2 two and two and 500 after starting out 0-2. So fantasy is just a game of playing it right and looking at week to week. Um, don't be afraid to cut a big name for just a week. If he doesn't have that great of a matchup, because chances are nobody's going to try to pick him up because um, they're either not going to be paying attention or they can see that he doesn't have a great matchup and they're not going to risk picking him up either. So don't be afraid to drop one of your players to pick up somebody with a with a great matchup. Exploit that matchup and then drop the guy and pick up your guy on Tuesday. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Marvin Jones or Calvin Ridley? Marvin Jones plays at Dallas and mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley plays versus Cincinnati. I would go Calvin Ridley. Um, the Cincinnati defense has not been bad. They have a great pass rush. And they don't have a bad secondary either. But this Falcons team needs to get a win. With that in mind, I think they're going to come out guns blazing just like they did last week. And they're going to win the game. Um, this team cannot disappoint this year. If the Falcons disappoint this year, you could be looking to make changes. Not necessarily in head coach, but just in terms of personnel. Maybe the offensive coordinator, because Sarkeesian hasn't connected with Julio Jones well enough. But then you start to question, if we're not performing this well, but Calvin Ridley's playing well, like he went off last week, maybe we move on from Julio Jones. Maybe we trade Julio Jones and get some pieces for him. There's a lot of question marks that are, that are going to come up if the Falcons lose this week and continue to lose throughout this season. They have to win this game to get back to 500. I think they do that. I think they deliver. So look for Calvin Ridley to have a big game. Detroit, on the other hand, is playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense is a great, so I get to where you could think it's a great matchup. But I'm thinking this is a trap game for them. They have a lot of hype because they just beat New England. But the Cowboys also have something to prove. This team is disappointing as of late, and they need to get a win. They're especially because they're at home. I think that home crowd is going to give them the boost they need. Ezekiel Elliott... Um, I don't have that much faith in Dak Prescott, but I think Elliott can win them the game enough. And I think the defense is average enough to stop Marvin Jones. The also, the reason why I wouldn't pick Marvin Jones over Calvin Ridley is because Kenny Galladay of, of Detroit, who, um, 
If you don't know him, you should know him now. He is becoming the wide, the wide receiver two on that team. It goes Golden Tate. I see Golden Tate as the number one for some reason. I don't know why because he isn't that great in my eyes. But there's Golden Tate, there's Galladay, and there's Marvin Jones. Uh, Marvin Jones came over from Cincinnati a couple years ago and was supposed to be the wide receiver one. He's kind of disappointed. Not necessarily like, like he's been a bust because he hasn't completely disappointed. But he's just average. He's not what you would expect from wide receiver one. Um, he doesn't perform like that on a weekly basis. And I think against the Cowboys, you're looking at a deep threat or a bigger body like Kenny Galladay getting more points than Marvin Jones. Um, Golden Tate's also a better option. I'd go those two over Marvin Jones any day this week, um, especially with Galladay kind of cementing his place as a wide receiver two there. He's averaged, I think it's been like 13 fantasy points a game this year. He's really surprised. I have him on my team as my flex. He, I picked, And he was on the waiver wire. Here's a waiver wire pickup I got last week. He performed really well for me last week. Got me a W. Can't complain. Very appreciative of that. So uh, if you can, pick that guy up. Um, but yeah, i definitely take Calvin Ridley over Marvin Jones. Um, any other specific matchups, um, questions that you have or that um, I don't really have that many? But yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people, uh, somebody who, if you're looking to... If they have, if you have them on your roster, um, and you don't believe them necessarily, trade them off. And if you don't have them, and somebody else has them, but you could possibly get them, maybe try to get them. Is Julian Edelman's going to be coming back next week or this week? Right, he's coming back this week. It's week four. No, week five. This is last week of his suspension. Same goes for Mark Ingram. So both those guys are two big names that are coming coming back from suspension next week. Out of those two, the one that you should pick up because I've actually seen this question a lot online: Julian Edelman or Mark. Mark Ingram, both coming back from suspension. I would go with Edelman. Why? Because him and Gordon are a great duo for Brady, but Gordon's going to be the deep threat, and I see Edelman getting the majority of the targets. So, yes, Gordon has the ability to um, really make some big plays and score you some big points, but it's less often than Edelman. I think he's been, he's a more consistent threat. So I'm going to go Edelman. I don't think I think Alvin Kamara is performing well enough to where Mark Ingram isn't going to have that big of a share of snaps. So and he's he's aging as well. So I would go with Edelman over Ingram out of the two suspended players that are going to be coming back in week five. Um, yeah, some good fantasy games to look out for if they if you have them on your team. Um, look at the Bengals and Falcons to be a pretty high scoring game. The Falcons are always high scoring, but look for that game to be high scoring. Um, I would look at the Chiefs and Broncos to surprisingly be a little bit high scoring. Um, we saw the Vikings and Rams actually be pretty high. I thought it was going to be a little bit smaller, uh, a little bit lower of a score since their defenses. The Chargers are just going to destroy the 49ers. So look for the look for any Chargers player you can to pick up because that team is going to be scoring a lot of points in bunches this week. The Ravens and Steelers avoid that game if you can in terms of personnel wise for fantasy. I don't see it being very high scoring. The, um, bo- both of them have a pretty historic rivalry, and it, they're known for their defenses when they play. So I don't think that's going to be too high scoring of a game. Um, the Browns and Raiders could surprisingly be pretty high scoring. Um, why? Because the Browns are playing the Raiders' defense, which is, has lost pieces, and the Raiders' offense is playing the Browns, which is pretty great, but has allowed some points to teams as of late. Um, they get a lot of, the Browns are a good fantasy team for defense because they get a lot of interceptions and a lot of sacks, but in terms of preventing points, they're not the greatest as they still need that time and experience. The Lions and Cowboys can be another high scoring game. 
And you could actually see, I could see the Jets and Jaguars going pretty high scoring as well. So those are some teams to look for. Avoid the Texans, Colts if you can. Avoid the Eagles, Titans. Um, the Patriots, Dolphins could be pretty semi-high scoring. Avoid the Bills, Packers. Um, and avoid the Saints, Giants, unless they're Saints players because the Giants are not going to score a lot. I don't believe so. Um, but yeah. So fantasy-wise, those are some matchups to look for and not look for. On to the next subject, though, because um, football is pretty worn out here. We talk about it a lot. Uh, the Colorado Rockies did clinch a postseason berth. Mickey, uh, if you want to talk and go into a little bit more detail about them, I know you're the baseball guy. So so before going into this week, I guess, mm-hmm. they were two – no, they were actually like five games behind the Dodgers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Dodgers lost three. They ended up overtaking them in the standings, and now they're two wins away from clinching their first – like division title and mm-hmm. postseason or in their like existence because they've only been around since like 99, 98. So expect them to, I think they're actually going to do it. And I think the Dodgers are actually going to be a wild card team this year. And uh, with that, they would be playing Milwaukee. Mm. And Milwaukee is very good. I don't, yeah. I don't actually don't think they're going to win. I think this will be the year the Dodgers bounce out early, mm. which is very surprising because I don't think Kershaw is that good as he was this year. And of course, in the playoffs, he always has a struggling struggling thing going on. I don't know what's up, but mm-hmm. other than that, that's pretty much it with the Rockies. The Yankees did clinch the wild card, like home 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 court, home mm-hmm. field advantage, if you want to call it like that, over the A's, who I actually thought the A's were going to get it because the A's are a very hot team. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the, the Yankees ended up doing it. You know, I know they got Judge back, so that's a pretty big, pretty big uh, upgrade in the lineup. So I expect them to to go in and maybe even beat Oakland, even though I'm high on Oakland. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. So from baseball to basketball, Jimmy Butler still hasn't been traded, but look for him to be traded within – I if I'm going to predict the time, I'm going to say within the next week. I think it's building up. This needs to happen now. If it carries over to any part of the regular season, it's going to ruin this team's season if it hasn't already. Um, so – much warm anyways if they, if they keep waiting because they're going to be like the boogie cousins trip. yeah exactly it's going to be very yeah. lopsided like a, like I, I saw an anonymous uh, executive in the NBA say that they'd be lucky to get 50 cents on the dollar for Butler I believe that's true I think they've lost a lot of value and I think this whole charade of how he wants out and all this has made them lose a lot of leverage um, the fact that they are asking for a veteran a decent veteran, a young player, and a pick is a lot for Butler who wants out. I think they'd be lucky, lucky to get both a young player and a pick. More likely, it's going to just be a veteran and a pick or a veteran and a young player. But not all three. Picks are way too valuable for Butler at this point. Um, I think it's going to be more of a player-for-player player player swap like when he came over to Minnesota. Um, it was three players for one. So look for something like that to happen. Um, I know that the Miami Heat are the most engaged right now. Um, they're the, from the Eastern Conference at least, and the Houston Rockets are trying to get something to work. The thing is, in order for those teams to get Butler, they need a third party, a Suns or a Kings. Now, the Suns were interested for a while in being that third team, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are blocking every potential trade by demanding the world even to get in as a third team. The Suns were interested. They were about to acquire Jeff Teague and take some salary off from Minnesota. But Minnesota was asking for too much 
from the third party so they 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 it couldn't work out now it's basically up to the kings to make this work for minnesota but tom thibodeau if he ruins it with the kings should be fired this is a horrible situation going on there they just signed carl anthony towns to an extension they need to just go with him and wiggins and hopefully they develop in time within the next five years to become a contender i still have hope for wiggins and towns and I think getting Jimmy Butler out, out of there is going to be for the best of both parties. Um, but yeah, so we should see Butler moved. I don't think it's to the Heat. And I don't think it's to the Rockets at this point. They say it's unlikely for the Nets, but I think the Nets are definitely with a top location right now. Why? They have this calor- the salary space to take him on directly and have some talent to give back, which isn't, you can't say that for a lot of teams. The Heat could give back, give back an aging Goran Dragic, who I wouldn't want if I'm Minnesota, because I'm not trying to compete right now. And if at best, who else? Like there's not. They have Josh Richardson, which I saw, which could be potentially valuable to Minnesota. But those are all win now moves, and they shouldn't be making win now moves. If I'm looking at the Nets, if I give Butler to the Nets, I could potentially get a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, young, versatile defender, not the greatest shooter, but a great wing player. Um, I could also be looking. I doubt they'd give him for him, but get give him to them. But Jared Allen, great young centerpiece. He could play next to Towns, although I don't know how the spacing would work, but Towns is a good enough shooter. Maybe move Towns over to the, to the four, have a dual big lineup, which isn't nowadays rage, but you know maybe in a couple years it is. Um, I think the Nets are the best chance for Butler to be moved. Them, um, yeah, I really don't see it happening any other way. Houston is one team that could surprise and pull, may somehow get a third party back and reconcile with the with Phoenix and get it to work out, but I just don't see it. Um, so I I'm gonna guess the Suns are where the where Jimmy Butler ends up in the next couple of weeks. Um, do you have do you have any team that you really think could end up with them? Because I don't see a realistic option at this point for Minnesota to move them. I think I have another third party, mm-hmm. which could because well, I know the Magic are looking for a point guard. Mm-hmm. So maybe they bring them in for, and then they can get Jeff T. Mm-hmm. Like that. that. That's what I think. If they, I think the Magic yeah. are one decent point guard for making like the eighth, eighth seed. I think the Magic are one decent point point guard for making the fifth seed. Because that, that, like, honestly, they, they've just they've just locked a point guard for years, and they always have. Even when they had Dwight Howard, they had Jameer Nelson, and even Jameer Nelson was, you know, an All Star for one year, but he wasn't that great. Um, so yeah. We'll see how it goes. Um, I really do think he ends up with the Nets. Um, like you said, the Magic would make an interesting third party, but it's the it's the matter of who's the team. There is it the Heat because I don't think the Heat are going to facilitate a trade to get the Magic a point guard, and I don't think the Magic really would be willing to part with a piece just to make cap space to take on a, a contract. So it's just it's a, it's a sticky situation. It's an odd situation. Honestly, none of these big stars wanting to be traded would be such an issue if the cap, the salary cap spike in 2016 would have never happened. If that never happens, we're looking um, we're or 2017, 2016, the salary cap spike triggered a bunch of bloated contracts, and because of those bloated contracts, it's now it's now almost impossible to make moves, trades in the NBA, player for player. It's insane. Um, but it is what it is. If that never happens, Jimmy Butler could have probably been moved weeks into his, a couple, like a handful of weeks into his request. But because none of these 
teams can make straight up swaps because their cap space situation, it's not possible. So hopefully, hopefully this gets resolved in the next couple of years when these bloated contracts expire. We don't see these ginormous contracts pop up again, but it will probably happen. Whenever you have a lot of money to give out, it's tend it's it tends to always be given out, even if it's not deserved. Um or makes sense. But yeah, all this situation happened because of that in my eyes. Um, other news in basketball, there's really not much. We Preseason is now in action. We saw the Charlotte Hornets beat the Boston Celtics yesterday. This is a young team. Um, I re- I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, to, this, to the Hornets season this year. I think Miles Bridges can actually do something worthwhile for the first time in a rookie season in a long time for the Hornets. We haven't seen a rookie contribute to this team in forever. The last time we did was really Kemba Walker, and even he had his up and ups and downs his first year. So hopefully Miles Bridges can break that trend. We I, listen as a Hornets fan. I've seen Frank Kaminsky, Noah Vonleh, and Malik Monk, and after you watch seasons like that out of your rookies, it's hard to be excited. But Miles Bridges is at least giving me some hope. He had two great highlights yesterday, putback dunks. He had 10 points, 8 rebounds. I'm hoping he can be this year's kind of Donovan Mitchell-esque type rookie and perform and actually contribute to a winning team. But we will see. It's only preseason. But if you did look at the score, they were down by 20-something at one point. The fact that they won by like 10, I think it was like 10 to 14, it's already surprising. So I was happy to see them win last night in North Carolina at the um, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill site. So at least there's a little bit of excitement going into the season for the Hornets. Uh, but obviously they're not beating the Boston Celtics in the regular season or in a, in a seven-game series. But either way, preseason's happening. LeBron's playing his first game as a Laker tomorrow. So there's a lot of good things to watch out in basketball. And once they are, once they do happen, we'll report them. Um, if anything, another story that did happen was Gordon Hayward played his first game in, in a year and a half yesterday. Um, so that was nice. And also... Markel Fultz was pl- played pretty well too. His jumper seems to be somewhat fixed. Now I need to see it over a 10, 15 more games for me to actually say it's fixed. But if he does start shooting like he did in college, he could definitely win comeback player of the year easily. So a lot of talent there in Philadelphia. Um, that's a, that's probably going to be a top five team. I'd say a top three team to watch. You know they do the league pass rankings every year in terms of most watchable teams. I'm going to be watching a lot of Philadelphia 76ers games this year. More so than the Lakers, more so than the Celtics, more so than the Warriors. They are that entertaining with Simmons, Embiid, and Fultz. So that's definitely a team to watch out for. Um, but yeah. Anything else going on in the sports world we want to talk about, Mickey? Well, the, the Mets starting third baseman for like a decade. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's finally calling it quits. He hasn't played in two years due to a back injury. He's finally back, and everyone's happy, and hopefully he goes out like he should. And his last game is actually in two days. So, David Wright, nice. let's see what he's do. Nice. Oh, um, also, one um, one other sport that we had here um, that we actually didn't have here that we were going to talk about is college football. So, uh, yeah, with that in mind, we saw a couple quarterback controversies. Um, seems like Jalen Hurts is content. As the backup, because you know they have that redshirt agreement in place to where he's just going to redshirt this year. He'll play once Tua ends up leaving for the NFL. I think Tua is going to be a great NFL prospect, by the way. We also we also saw um, Trevor Lawrence win the uh, quarterback battle versus Kelly Bryant, and then Bryant immediately said he's going to transfer. NC State, NC State looks like the favorite. 
So, hopefully we're going to be seeing him in the NC State white and red soon. Oh, wait, um, that's the favorite? Yeah, they're the favorite right now to get that's Kelly you, Bryant. That, that's where you're thinking of? I think he's going to go to NC State. Honestly, it makes a lot of sense. NC State's had some close battles with, with Clemson the past couple years. They barely lost last year. They barely lost the year before that. I think if Kelly Bryant really wants to stick it to Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, he's going to he's gonna go to NC State and beat them next year. I really do. That's his best chance of really getting back to Clemson over choosing Trevor Lawrence is by going to NC State. So hopefully we see him in the NC, um, playing for the Wolfpack next year. Um, something that just happened about half an hour ago was Trevor Lawrence did get hurt and exit the game against Syracuse. So the backup quarterback today... Is not Kelly Bryant. It is Hunter Renfro. So that's something to watch. That's kind of cool. Um, you know, so he's a wide receiver playing quarterback. Either way, that's cool to see. Um, look, f- uh, yeah, there's nearly. I want to say there's much to talk about in college football because there is, but um, I don't know. I was a little depressed. Oklahoma State lost this game to Texas Tech last week. Uh, didn't want to see that happen. I was very surprised that happened because they were ranked 13th and they lost, or 15th and they lost. So, disappointed in that outcome. I thought Gundy was going to actually go and win a couple games in a row, but they lost to Texas Tech. Disappointing, but, you know, what can you do? Um, Texas Tech is a, is a talented team. They just they never seem to ever put it together except for a couple games a year, and this seemed to be that one game where they put it all together. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of good teams. <laughs> I, I wish there was more excitement around college football, and there is, but in my mind, Alabama's winning it. They have the best quarterback in the nation. They have the best team in the nation. All around, there's no beating Alabama, so there's no point in watching the games because Alabama's not losing this year with Tua playing yeah. like he is. But, yeah. Um, Did I see a football game by Oregon State? Yes. No yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mickey's got – our own Mickey's going to be at the uh, Arizona State football game today. Oregon State, go Beavers, but they're horrible, man. They are absolutely horrible. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. That's it. Yep, I don't think there's really anything else to talk about. So, uh, oh yeah, um, Alabama's up 49 to zero. So again, there's really not much to talk about. Alabama's the best football team in the nation. They, I honestly do believe, if this Alabama team played the Cardinals, they would win. <laughs> David Johnson would have two touchdowns, maybe, maybe, because again, Mike McCoy is horrible. But, um. Yeah, I know that. I, I, I think. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Speaking of upsets, mm-hmm. the team I called Syracuse mm-hmm. is beating Clemson sixteen to seven in the third quarter. Yeah, but who who beat Clemson last year? Doesn't matter. Syracuse. <laughs> I know Syracuse is, is good, dude. They're four and zero, about to be five and zero. They have a good coaching staff over there. Uh, Dino Babbers, I think his name is. I think that's how you say it. Dino Babbers, good young coach. Um. So, yeah, they're doing something over there in Syracuse. Maybe they do upset them. Um, Trevor Lawrence is out, like we stated earlier. And Kelly Bryant's not playing. So, you never know. You never know. But, yeah, so there's um, – we're going to be doing this every single Friday, uh, Saturday from here on out. I'll be putting up some more articles this weekend. So, will Mickey. Um, so definitely keep checking us out. We're all over NBA the place. Power. What was that? NBA Power Rankings should be out soon. Yes, we're going to be putting out an NBA Power Rankings out soon. Um, a lot more fantasy football out now that I have some time this weekend. So check it out. Check out the site. We're going to be putting up a lot of articles. Um, follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, um, Spotify, everywhere. So check us out. 
Um, and we'll have we'll be up here next next Saturday for you guys. Um, and if we ever need to, if a huge story comes out, we will do a out of nowhere podcast. But we we will let you know if we do that. But for now on, it'll be every Saturday midday. Definitely keep checking us out. Thank you guys for being loyal and tuning in. Um, for now, I'm Joseph Calamore. And this is Cal's Call. Thank you guys. For all the latest and breaking news, podcasts, and live streams, make sure to check out Cal's Call on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Periscope.